You ever know that you eventually need to just scream? You know you have to. Like, you know it's just building up inside. But you put it off because, one, it's crazy. And two, when are you going to do it? But then, then something happens. And it finally comes out. And when it does, it's guttural. It shakes you to your core and, and sends fear into anyone within earshot. Yeah, me neither. Here's a little update for you about the math thing for first first grade Common Core math that I ranted on last week. Oh, okay. All right. So we got the paper back from the teacher. I wrote a little note. Uh, those of you who don't know, go back to last episode. I think it's um, one and one equals emotional damage. And you'll find out why. So I wrote a little note that said why. My wife said I need more. So I explained that I you know, this doesn't make sense. I found the, the answer key from the actual book itself. And I still don't get it. So she actually, the teacher, ended up using a marker to put in different answers into the little blanks that I had my daughter write. Now, those answers that I had my daughter put in were from the answer key from the actual book that I found online. The answers that the teacher put were nowhere near what we had written down. Nowhere near what the book told us the answers were. Which, again, go back to it because even that was just... Insane. It's insane. So she put down these other things and then she put a little exclamation in the same marker going, yeah, I know it's crazy, but we'll go over in class. That doesn't address the issue. (laughs) First of all, what is with the new answers? What is with these? These have nothing to do with anything. These are not correct. There's no way these are correct. And there's no way you're getting that from the book because I got the answers that I put in or had my daughter put in from the book online. It was the exact question with the exact wordage, which was nothing. And that which you put is not true. And if it is, how? Tell me how. So it was still nowhere near figuring out this, <laughs> this puzzle. It's, I, I don't know. We've moved on from that math to something else. And with that in mind, yesterday my daughter came home with like uh, it looked like somebody just created this in word and then gave it out as homework so now they're working with tens and ones right so if you have 15 how many tens are in that and how many ones that's easy that's really easy right there's one ten there's five ones that's great my daughter got that down at the bottom one of the last two questions or actually two of the last questions were i can't remember exactly how it was worded I think it was like, explain how many tens. I think it was something like that. It's something like the top, but it's just worded differently, right? What happens is there's this big, long line, a vertical line. And the first answer or first question had the vertical line and a big circle, empty circle right next to it. And then it had a horizontal line where you're supposed to put your answer. It didn't say what the line and the circle represented. And then the question below that, it had the same vertical line, and then had five tinier circles next to that, and then a horizontal line where you write your answer. Now, what do you think that was? I didn't know. My daughter didn't know. 
for some reason, I mean, I don't know, I couldn't place why I would think this, but the, the big circle at the top, I would think that that would be representative of something larger than one because of the smaller circles at the bottom, right? Am I the only one who thinks that? I don't know. My daughter wasn't sure. And the line, like, is that supposed to represent 10? She didn't remember, like, if they had gone over in class. And that's fine. She's six. There's so many other things that she should be worried about, like what to play with next. That's the extent of her worries at this point, you know, and that's what it should be. So I said, well, maybe the line is supposed to represent 10. And the circle, it seems like it should represent something bigger, maybe like a five. But then why would they have five circles on the bottom? And my daughter was, I was just confusing her with my like trying to, <laughs> trying to make, make sense of it. And so I finally said, okay, maybe it's they put five smaller circles because they just wanted to draw them smaller and to save space or something. So why don't you just, it must be 10 and then count the circles and then 10 count the circles. So 10 and one. So it's got to be 11, 10 and five. It's got to be 15. I don't know. We'll find out when either she got it right or she got it wrong when she comes back today. Speaking of this daughter, she's been singing one line of this song for a couple weeks now. And I know it's because we heard it in the car. Uh, it's a 21 Pilots song. And the line goes, she's only singing this line. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's a, uh, I don't want to be heard. I want to be listened to. <laughs> she says it over and over again. And she's singing it like, you know, it's not like she's saying it to us, but it's almost like she is <laughs> like, I want to be listened to. She's such a boss. <laughs> she's, and I don't even like what a boss. I mean, like, no, she's at one day going to own some company just so that she can boss people around. <laughs> it's, she tries so hard to boss us around and, and she, she does, for the most part, with uh, with me. She gets away with a lot more with me, I should say. Yeah, it was it's hilarious. She was, <laughs> and she just she was just playing. She was playing and then singing this at the same time. And you would think that she would keep going, but no, no, she re she circled back around. <laughs> I don't want to be heard. I want to be listened to. <laughs> okay, something I haven't done in a while, which is an artist spotlight. Last time I did this was my brother-in-law. So I just haven't done it. And that's not because I haven't found anybody. It's just been doing other things. And that's, you know, whatever. So this time I wanted to take take someone that has been part of my life for many years. And that is my brother. My brother is probably one of the most talented visual artists that I know. And probably one of the the best that I've seen in current times in probably the genre that he's working in. And I, I only say that because there are some artists that I like that are just, they're in different genres, but I don't, and you know what? I can't even say that because he has a lot of range as well. Like it's not like he just does one thing and uh, I'm going to give you his website later on so you can take a look and you can actually purchase some of his artwork and I, you know, if you can, please do because it's great stuff. I actually have, I think I have, what, I have three of his watercolors and I have a print of one of his other ones that I purchased, but he, he actually made me a few. At a very early age, we all knew that 
he was gifted. He would come up with things that honestly would blow my mind and still do. The way he puts pen to paper is unrivaled, at least by anyone that I've seen in recent times. One that's coming into mind right this minute is an ink drawing that he did. It was just with a pen, a black pen. And I can see it. This was years ago. I mean, this had to be 20 years ago, I'd say. No, at least. At least 20 years ago. And if he hears this, he might remember it. He might even still have it. I don't know. But it was this big ball. Like, if you're, if you're looking at it from far away, it looks like a big, solid black ball. And as you get closer and closer, you see there's gaps in it. You start seeing some detail. And then you get right up to it. And there's so many. It's like... It's like you're taking a thousand scenes and putting them into one ball, all intermingled together. And figures. And I'm not talking something that's, you know, I just draw little lines. No, this was detailed in a way that is scary. I don't know why that one comes out more than any other, because I've seen so many. But that one, maybe that is when I realized how gifted he was. Maybe. I, I can't say that for sure. That one sticks out more than any other. There's uh he's so good with watercolor and layering and stuff. He's been commissioned for quite a few things with, from friends and family. And there's one that I, I really like, and he actually did it for a friend of his. A uh, friend commissioned him, and I'm like, oh, I want that one. It has to deal with a train. And I think you can actually see it. You might be able to get a print of it. Now that I think about it, I I should have I should have looked. But the original one was it was big and it's just such a cool drawing. It had a I don't know how to explain. If you go to josephiovino.com, J-O-S-E-P-H-I-O-V-I-N-O.com, you can see some of the things that he's displayed, some recent projects, some within the last year or so. And, and then there's links to how to purchase them. And he put them on a website that creates prints of them. And you can get any level type of print and, and size, depending on the picture that he created. I bought one of a planet that he made. There are some that you can actually buy the original where you go on the website, you pay for it, or you contact the seller. I think they have one of those uh, options as well. And then he would package it and send it to you. Right now I got a, a print and I shared it with people and I'm hoping he's getting a lot of you know feedback on that because honestly, it, it's totally worth it. And he's so talented. He deserves to be in a gallery somewhere, honestly. I mean, if he were here, I think he would thrive. Another uh, piece of work, <laughs> what a piece of work, <laughs> another one of his works uh, that I, I can remember from back when I, I created his website, must be seven years ago, you know, just as like a, like kind of like a, an offering to him, not an offering, <laughs> sounds like, uh, I was doing it for him to like encourage and to what, support <laughs> It's like a little support thing. I just, uh, I didn't ask for anything. I just wanted to do it for him. One, I was, you know, just getting into my own company and was getting into website design, stuff like that. So I kind of used it as a tool to create my own website from scratch, right? This was completely coded by me for him. So this was kind of like a practice and it actually came out really nice. It's actually really good for, for his style and... The picture isn't on there right now, at least not in the way it used to be before, but it's um, a watercolor called Born by Fire. I'm actually looking right now, and yes, you can see it. It is on here. And it's quite a large image, very tall. I think it's from uh, 2013. 
and the colors coming from it, I mean, there's only a few colors that you can really tell just looking at it online, I should say. I mean, up close, it's it's got to be absolutely amazing. And it's really cool because my book, I know I keep coming back to it, but my book actually has a house on fire, and it, it kind of reminds me of that. In his gallery, you can find some really awesome watercolor projects. There's Mary's Hatchet, there's Jupiter, which I actually have a print of, and Porter, Fogbringer. He's uh, very big into stories and role-playing. The characters that he comes up with are just unbelievable. He's he's fantastic at storytelling, too. And he's written works himself. And honestly, like I, I can only... I, I'm so far below what what he is. It's just unbelievable what he comes up with. And uh, I wish I had a, a fraction of his talent. But I'm trying my best. That's, you know, part of the big thing. And I've talked about this before, about like my coming up and basically taking so long to create something in my life, not like per project, even though the book was a really long, long project. But I think a lot of that was because of the way I was brought up. And that's not a slight on anybody at all. There were different things that we were interested in. So, you know, he was definitely interested more in the artistic. And I was put into martial arts at a very young age, and that's what I focused on. I did love to write, but it's not where I was, like, all my focus was geared towards, hardly at all. And again, that's no one's fault. It's just, that's the way it was. And for the longest time, no one saw me as an artist because I didn't really portray it. You know, I didn't really emphasize that in my own life. And I, I really didn't see myself as one because I had a brother who was so gifted. And I didn't know at the time that a family can have two people to do the same thing <laughs> or two people to have some of the same gifts. That That's allowed. But it wasn't cultivated in me. And so I always saw him as the artist. And um, why try, you know? I mean, honestly, why, why bother? And that's just the way I, I, you know, saw it at the time. Thankfully, I, I'm, I've grown up and realized, oh, no, we can, we can all do things. And, uh, yeah, we all have talents. But even with that, I still wish that I had a little bit more. <laughs> and, like, I think that he has so much that he could probably just, you know, push off a little bit, you know, give me some. But whatever. I wish he was out here because he would be a, a force to be reckoned with in um, the art community around here. And, you know, he would be a great part of Breakwater. I would, I would love to have him out here. Have him out here anyway. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. But just to have his influence in art and just to, to be around him, I think he'd be a great teacher, honestly. It just His level of detail and the things he comes up with, uh, he, he did this image for my aunt, or our aunt. And he, that's his aunt, too. And it, she wanted a family picture, right? Kind of like something that encompassed like everything of our... Of all the generations that we know of, and all the things that we like, and you know, the things that brought us together and stuff like that. And, you know, I think in her mind she had, like, pizza and, and things and just, you know, things that just made sense. I mean, it's hard to put down, like, a, a growling grandfather <laughs> and uh, you know, kids that just, you know, all the characteristics that we all have. But he created something that absolutely encompasses our family in such a unique way. And, you know, anyone outside of the family doesn't know what's going on. You look at some of his artwork, and this one included, you might say, there's so much going on in here. It's hard to, like, every time you look at it, there's something new pops out. 
you know, I didn't realize that before. And that's a true testament to someone's work. It's like it, you can go back to it and notice something different. That's really cool. I like that a lot. But anyone outside the family would be like, I don't get that at all. And maybe some people inside the family are like, oh, that's about us, you know? But it's just, it is. There's so much going on in it. And a lot of it centers around coffee. <laughs> we we love our coffee. Uh, some of us more than others inside of our family really love coffee. And uh, there's coffee mugs, there's <laughs> French presses, there's so much going on. And all of it looks great. And he used a, a color theme that I love. It, there's blues and oranges. It's such a cool way he put everything together. It's really neat. He he worked on it for a long a while, not not long, long time that I know of, but he drew it out. And then when he came and visited, he he finished it so he could leave it here. You know, that way he didn't have to ship it, uh, ship a finished product. Because I think it's, I want to say three feet by two feet, but it's quite large and that's, it's hard to safely transport art unless you're a museum. It's a great piece of work. And in a lot of his work is like that. Uh, not everything, but a lot of it has several meanings and several things that you have to look for. And art is definitely up to an interpreter, but he definitely has a story to tell in his artwork. And he definitely knows what he's doing. I, I just wish that he was out there more. I wish that people saw it. And you know what? Hopefully with this, since we're in so many countries, uh, people can actually get on there. I'm going to put it on the website, nogreeninks.com. I'm going to go to the artist spotlight section. And I think it's actually just called Spotlight in the menu. And you'll be able to see a little bio about him and a link to his websites. The website that he creates for his gallery and the one that you can actually purchase some of his work. Please check him out. JosephEovino.com. Really cool gallery. Really, 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 really gifted artist. Let's put him out there. Even his description of the works that he does on his website are creative. Check this one out. This is for the Jupiter watercolor that I bought. So here's what he says. Some nights I travel to Jupiter, bypassing the distance at the speed of thought. I meditate over the Colossus, pondering the infinite cyclone as I am compelled deeper. For a lifetime, the visage confounds me. So I spend my subsequent lifetimes narrowing on the aspects that are easiest to acknowledge such as the vastness between my imagined self and where the atmosphere begins. Descending not so fast as my arrival, counting the years as they pass uncolored by experience, emotion, or substance, all that remains of thought is the obsessive measuring of how much nothing I encounter one body length at a time, until suddenly, all I see is Jupiter in every direction but up. My downward journey to this point has strengthened my understanding and appreciation for limitless proportions. Enveloped, Overwhelmed in the magnitude of the Colossus's magnetosphere, welcomed nonetheless in its hazard. Why do I even write? <laughs> what the? What? Uh, <laughs> tremendous. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I thought that was. <laughs> he said more in that paragraph than I can portray in, in an entire chapter. It's just. I don't know. I think I'm pretty good with visuals, but that was fantastic. So definitely check him out, josephiavino.com. Right on the front page, you'll see a couple of his works, that one included. From there, I'm trying to find the website for his um, for purchasing his artwork. I don't have it. It's not on his website. i got to talk to him about that and make sure he puts it on there. 
Hopefully he's still selling. I assume he is, but I don't know if that's like something you have to pay for to continue to sell your artwork on there. I don't think so. I think it's like pay as they as they purchase. Because it's not like he's sending them like they're they're doing all the distribution and the manufacturing of the the pictures. Like they take his artwork that he uploads and create prints of it. Yeah, you guys know how prints work. But I don't know. I have to find that out. But it, it will be on nogreeneggs.com. So check that out. Go to the spotlight section, read about Joe, and find a link, hopefully, of where to get his artwork. Again, I wanted to talk about sticky notes. I didn't talk about sticky notes. That's okay. I was inspired by other things, and I really wanted to get my brother out there, cause, probably because I haven't talked to him in a while, and then, you know I miss him. But uh, I haven't done an artist spotlight, and I want to. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do it at the beginning of the year, but we're only in February, so it's not that big of a deal. Pretty soon, uh, we have some things coming up. Uh, this is this has nothing to do with anything, honestly. Uh, I have some ideas for lamps that I'm creating. You guys don't care. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, just I'm just speaking out loud now, or thinking out loud. I'm creating some lamps, and I'm using metal and tree. What do you call that? Tree stumps. Tree pieces of trees. <laughs> tree parts <laughs> oh you know what stinks gaming gaming stinks gaming's fun but you know i don't have a lot of time for it and when i do i'd rather i'd rather play something that my kids can watch i've talked about this before i know i have so i'm just talking in circles but like breath of the wild and stuff like that those are you know fun games the kids love them um, but then when i get to play by myself uh it, it'd be nice to play with people and we're gonna start playing valheim and I know it's an older game, and some of you are like, it doesn't matter, and I don't know anything. But games are, I was having a conversation with my my really good friend at a breakwater meeting that we just had last weekend, and we're talking about games, and actually he's the one, he actually just bought me Valheim, and we're going to start playing that soon. Him and cousin and one of my brothers. So, the other brother. From the same other. The other brother, other, yeah. Like, games in general, like this conversation we were having, like, there are no really new games, like new concepts and stuff like that. I mean, they just came out with Halo. Some of you are going to turn this off because you have no interest in any of this. But those of you that do or just like to hear my voice for some really strange or bizarre reason or you're a masochist, most games are basically the same. Like Assassin's Creed. I love Assassin's Creed, but I don't think that I liked any of them really after like the fourth one, like Black Flag. And technically, it's not even like the fourth. I think it was Assassin's Creed 4, but there was others in between. Because now it's like, without any of you knowing the story, it's like it started in old Jerusalem and it was really interesting, really unique and such a big map and just a really cool concept. That was a lot of fun. And then it moved to Italy in, in the, during the Renaissance and that was just amazing. That was so beautiful and but it was really cool being able to go on the rooftops of Florence and travel. And wherever you're looking, it's like, well, that's how it kind of looks like right now. And that helped me when I went to Florence to navigate. I was like, well, I've been here. And um, those are really cool. But then then it got like, it took a different, it took a turn. And they, they always like made it seem like there's more to it, like in the real world. And it was going to come to like this futuristic thing and that it was going to play into modern times. And 
I don't know. Now it's it's very strange. And each game, it's just in a different location, but it's the same thing. And you're doing the same thing. And just, you know, a little bit tweaked. But then also at some points, worse, more glitchy now. <laughs> just kind of more annoying. The recent one was Valhalla. And it's recent. I should say it's been like a few years now. And they used to come out with one every... At the beginning, it was like every year and a half, two years. Now it seems a long time. And they just keep pumping out these games with downloadable content. So you can just, it's just the same game, but then they have different things that you could pay for to, you know, different missions and stuff like that or different weapons. And it's okay. You know, these microtransactions that are actually not micro, like an app. These are pretty significant transactions, like just buying the game again and again and again. That's insane. Like the, the game itself is like 60 bucks. And then you, the DLCs, unless you're able to get the season pass, which they really don't do anymore because the season pass is now a season, a season pass used to be, that was it. Like that's the only thing you had to purchase and you get all the new content, right? A season was kind of like whatever they bring out. Now a season pass is a seasonal pass. Like it's only going to work for fall. And if we only come up with two things, then that's what you get. And then you have to pay for a new seasonal pass. It's an investment. It's crazy. So the content is basically all the same. The new Halo. It's like, okay, well, it's it's Halo. Call of Duty. Okay, it's just it's the same thing. That's a rant that no one asked for. But it's just, you know, we're having this conversation. And now we're going to play something that is more, I don't know. There was one game on the computer called The Forest. Very creepy. And it was a lot of fun to play with other people. Definitely don't like playing by myself. Because... <laughs> One, it was creepy. And two, you need people. For one, the, you're building together, you're scavenging together, you're gathering together, and you're creating like this little kind of like encampment so that you can all watch each other's backs and not get attacked by zombie-like creatures <laughs> as you go exploring in these creepy tunnels and cave systems. So it's it's something like that, I think. And th- those are fun because you, you just, you're hanging out together and you're doing things. But... Some of the other ones are just like too in your face and too stressful. Like the first person shooters is basically just surviving and killing other people. And it's it's just, it gets annoying <laughs> and stressful. It's like, uh, you're like, you feel like you're laying people down unless you're absolutely amazing. But most people that are amazing are 11 or 12 and the mouths that they have on these kids. Jeez, I've heard things that I've never heard before. And I'm, man, <laughs> Where did you hear that? It's it's like you can't do it unless you're in a private server room with your friends and you have enough that you're actually going to make it interesting. It's just totally not worth it. It's <laughs> And now you can just, if you really want to, if you're really into that, you don't really want to play, you can just go onto YouTube and, and find somebody playing online. Just watch them doing it. And then they're talking to people while they're doing it. And, you know, they're making a ton of money because... People are just giving it to them and then they also get advertised and they also get, you know, so many millions of views that they get paid by YouTube and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's funny. We, I grew up, my wife and I go back and forth on this all the time and she always pushes back like, no, that's not true. I think it was different in the Midwest than it was here. When I was growing up and I was a teenager, we were considered Gen X. Beginning of the MTV movement when MTV used to play music, they used to play music. Actually, is MTV still even around? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't watch TV. They don't have a streaming service, so no one cares, right? All right, so we were known as Gen X. My wife was not. Or she, no, she was. Was she? But then, like, she's she's like 20 months older than I am. 
she was Gen X and she says that I'm a, a millennial. But that that term was not around when I was a kid, millennial. And I, they just kind of pushed it on us recently. It's angering. It's like, what? No. If anything, now we're known as the lost generation, the, the midst of technology, of a technology boom, like right before it and right ahead of it. You know, just like we didn't have everything. Like a computer was hard to come by. If you had one, either it was gifted to you, which in our case it was. My aunt was very generous and gave us her old one, and that was like the best thing ever. Or you had a lot of money. It just it was so expensive. And cell phones came out when I was a teenager, and they were big and they were stupid. But I remember I remember being a part of this generation that grew up completely different than the one before us and the one after. Definitely more than the one after. I mean, the things that we did. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> What does this have to do with anything? Oh, yeah, I was going to make the point. Okay, so if I had known, <laughs> instead of, like, continuing on this path of explaining the difference between generations, because then I'm going to sound like a boomer, I'm just going to say <laughs> that I wish that I had access to what kids have access to now back then, because I would be doing that. I would, you know, what... Who wouldn't want to do that growing up? A lot of my friends were playing games, playing video games, but console games at the time, you know, before computer games were really big. We'd love to do that and make money now doing that. It's a niche thing. You know, some people are doing it, but to do it and be successful in it, you have to have some kind of shtick and some kind of appeal. And it just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not the demographic for that, you know, unless I was a uh, doctor disrespect. I think he's probably... He's probably older than I am. I hope he is, because he looks like he is, but he's probably not. <laughs> but unless you have that, and he's been out for years, and he's very good at it, that's the other thing. Like I was good, but I wasn't great at it. But if I knew that one day I can make a ton of money just having other people watch me, and they donate money just to hear me talk funny or dress funny, but do it really well, I would have put time into it. <laughs> Forget martial arts. Where'd that get me? <laughs> it's... Anyway, oh, okay. So, all right, next time maybe I'll talk about post-it notes. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still working with Michael to get uh, the next episode of Down in Front going because that's, you know, we've been playing that for so long, but the holidays came and logistically just isn't working. I don't know. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I want him on more and we're going to we'll do more with him. Also, I have another podcast and I don't know if you know about it. It's a secret. It's called Better Than Nothing. And it's with two guys named Gavin and Seamus. Not to give away everything, but I'm one of those guys. Check that out. Better Than Nothing. But we haven't recorded anything recently. We, we're, we're changing it up a little bit. We only have like 10 episodes or something like that on there. And it's just fun to do. But we're going to be unhinged and uncut. Uh, no, no language or anything because neither one of us really do that. But... We're going to be not holding back on things with like topics and man stuff and politics and things like that. We're not political, but we're not going to hold back what we believe in <laughs> fear of cancellation or anything. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of things to, to talk about. So we're redoing that. It's better than nothing with Gavin and Seamus. That's it for now. I uh, love all of you. Thank you for listening. And see you, not see you. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs. Please remember to like and subscribe on whichever platform you're using to listen to us. 
The producer for the show is Iobino Consulting, which are also the editors, contributors, writers, food suppliers, bathroom cleaners, and overall everything of the podcast. The musical director is Donnie Ronaldo. You can check out his work on YouTube, Spotify, under Project Meld by Dominic Ronaldo. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Green Eggs Podcast. And visit NoGreenEggs.com to stay up to date with latest information and to find out how you can support the podcast. Thank you for listening.